Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. FM 104's Select Irish with Louise Ty. Select Irish on F104 and Professor Brian Singleton of Trinity College Dublin is here to discuss Eurovision 2023. Hello. Hello. So Sweden were the winners last night. Was that a surprise for you? For me, no, absolutely not. It was, uh, um, this is the return of uh, one of the biggest uh, Swedish stars who won the contest in 2012 with the same songwriting team um, that dominated the European charts um, throughout the last decade. And uh, it was a, you know, similar, a little bit more key, uh, low key, uh, song, but it built and built and built. Um, it was a real pop banger uh, by the end of the three minutes. Um, an artist, Lorraine, who's incredibly popular all over Europe, and uh, it had that winning formula. So, no, it wasn't a surprise. I really loved her clever staging as well. It was really, although it was simple, it really worked with the song. It did. Um, it's, she always, in the previous song she had in 2012, it was also really, really unusual. And uh, it's hard to decipher what it actually meant. Um, but, uh, it, you know, essentially it was someone connected to um, the earth, I'd say. Mm-hmm. And, you know, being oppressed and, uh, and then being able to uh, lift off that depression and um, uh, and stand tall and stand triumphant. And that kind of progressive narrative uh, in music, uh, as the as the beat builds um, and became, becomes more up-tempo, put those things together and that's the winning formula. Absolutely. And you've been in Liverpool over the last couple of days. What's the atmosphere been like? Extraordinary. Um, I, over the years, like I've done... Um, a Eurovision research right back to 2005, and uh, I haven't always been at the contest, but I've been I've been counting up over the weekend. I've been to 13 of uh, the contests since 2006, yeah. and um, it, for me, the it's the city of Liverpool that was the real star. Um, uh, there were a lot of volunteers, but even those, everyone working there, and everyone says this. All the delegations were saying how friendly the people were, mm-hmm. how really welcoming. And also the city itself embraced the Eurovision because they uh, you couldn't escape it. It was all over, um, all over the streets and the shops and the railway stations, bus stands. It, Eurovision was everywhere. And uh, that was uh, it was a real delight to see that. Absolutely. And I suppose we must mention Ireland's entry, Wild Youth. Where do you uh, yeah. think we went wrong this year? Well, it's it's always a question of you know what did we do wrong or what what didn't we do? Um, 
I was looking at the the votes for the first semi-final in which Ireland played, and they came 12th out of 15, uh, so they did get votes, um, but it was a popular vote, and uh, it was, uh, it, you know, a real stroke of bad luck that they ended up in that first semi-final mm-hmm. um, against the big hitters like uh, uh, Sweden and Finland, uh, who, went, who eventually came first and second. Being in that semi did, uh, did them no favours. Um, I suppose um, you know the the song. You know the band is popular, um, and they performed really well. And uh, the audience, the night I saw them, the audience absolutely loved the band, mm-hmm. and uh, were were cheering and clapping along. Um, so it's it's it just the, the the competition is so high, and you have to have something unique, uh, a unique selling point, uh, to make people go and vote for you. Um, and it's it's much more difficult uh, this year because uh, the uh, there are no juries in the semi-final, so it, it's purely public vote. So you've got to have a song with a hook, and you've got to have a um, a staging um, that uh, tells a story uh, and hooks uh, a staging with a hook as well. So something um, really, really. Uh, engaging, but it's not just about the performance on the night. It's the whole lead up to it. Um, once the song is chosen, there has to be a narrative, um, and you keep that narrative going and going. Uh, the artists have to tour all those pre-Eurovision concerts and keep um, high profile on social media um, and engage with fans, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it's not just about singing on the night. It's it's a, it's months and months of preparation of engagement with. Uh, TV stations and fans all over Europe. Yeah, there's a lot more work that goes into it than, as you said, getting up on stage and just doing it. But will mm. Ireland ever get out of the semi-finals again? Do you think? Of course they will. Um, they will if they have the right song um, that captures the spirit of the moment. Um, and uh, you know, it, it's it's hard to say now what uh, what song should be chosen for next year because yeah. it's too early. You don't know. Um, you know, this, this the songs are. Um, you know, pop songs are often quite uh, well. They are fairly formulaic in the number of chords and the types of chords, and um, the they're also uh, you know they t- most of the songs are about falling in and out of love. You know that that's that's no secret. And um, but the um, it's uh, you know I would wait a while um, and uh, and figure out towards the end of the year literally what is what is being what is current. Um, but also have a very clear vision when you've chosen the artist or, um, you know, this year, of course, we, uh, we, we've been returning in the last couple of years to the Late Late Show format. Uh, personally speaking, I don't think that works uh, because it, there's a different, different audience for the Late Late Show. Mm-hmm. As a, um, um, different to uh, the actual Eurovision audience. And I think you've got to find a way of selecting a song that that brings in the audience that are going to vote uh, ultimately uh, for you, um, and then once you know your audience, you will be able to know who the act should be, and then you'll have a better idea of what the song should be. Um, so, you know, but you know, I'm not an RTE; I don't have uh, any insight into what happens there. Um, but if uh, if you look look at Sweden, for example, Sweden won last night with a song that was stage almost identically to the staging of the national final um they have um 
four semifinals. They have a catch-up um, final and then a f- four quarterfinals, a catch-up fi- semifinal, and then a massive final in a in the Friends Arena in Stockholm, which is one oh, of the yeah. biggest stadiums in the world. Mm. Um, so they are creating um, the design of the show. Uh, d- the design of each song, which is then once they once a song wins, it's literally they cut and paste what they've done in Stockholm, and bring it to the host city and do it there all over again. So they've nothing necessarily to do. Uh, everyone has seen um, the national finals now are being streamed um, much more widely. So uh, the Swedish uh, final is called Melodi Festival. And uh, many, many people um, are watching that now more than ever. And they even have English commentary now. Uh, so they're aware of that and, that, that. and that helps them understand how other people think um, about the songs. And uh, yeah, it's literally, you know, what we saw last night uh, was a cut and paste version of what was at the national final. It worked in the national final. Um, it got a huge amount of track attraction, a huge amount of traction simply because the staging was so extraordinary. No one had ever seen anything like it before. So it really, some, some, has, yeah, it really has to happen from the very beginning of the song. Absolutely. Mm. Once you, you know, if you're, you know, faffing around in the last couple of weeks trying to put a staging together, yeah. you've lost. You've really lost. Yeah, it just doesn't work like that anymore. Is it? Because I was having this conversation with my friends last night. Is it a song contest or is it the staging that kind of wins it? Or does it, I suppose, is it both? It is both, you know. The um, I was really surprised in the was it the second semi final. Um, the, the Estonian song got through. It actually was one of my favourites. Um, it's a, a ballad sung by um, a woman at piano, and uh, an incredibly strong voice, beautiful voice. But I didn't think that would do well in the semis because of the fact there were no juries there. Um, however. Um, the song got through the public vote into the final and it it ended up in the top 10, getting a lot of jury votes, yes, but also getting a lot of popular votes. So you have to um, have a mind to be able to speak to both both sets of uh, people who are voting for you. Um, so the, the key thing is to do a show in the semis that will attract public voting. Um, and then to have, a, have singers and musicians of such quality that the the you know, the best musical uh, music professionals in Europe will then uh, vote for you as well. Um, so you, you can't send anyone who is uh, who needs to be auto tuned. You know you have to have a really really good voice, very strong voice, um, and uh, and a catchy song for the public. Yeah. So for next year, we're going to have to wait a little while to see who who goes to represent Ireland. But hopefully, it would be nice to see us back in and potentially winning again. Yeah, there's absolutely no reason why not. Uh, if you look at UK, um, you know, they hadn't won since um, 1998. You know, that's a long, long time. Yeah. And the narrative coming out of the BBC was, uh, uh, and people who were watching it was uh, really, really negative. They thought that everyone hated them because they always came last or second last. They didn't have to qualify, of course. So that was at least they were in the final. Um, and, that, and then um, that narrative changed uh, last year. Um, because they had a very, very popular TikTok singer, Sam Ryder, who, whose whole message was about positivity. Mm-hmm. Um, there wasn't a single negative um, remark allowed near the entourage or allowed near his performance. 
and uh, you know he was he he was a brilliant singer. He belted it out, yeah. and uh, his persona captured the imagination of so many journalists from all over the world. And so there were stories about him in the in the media. That's another aspect. You you've got to get the stories out there, not in the Irish press because they're not because the Irish people aren't voting for you, but in uh, in the the national presses all over all over Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so. And then, of course, you don't have to win either. Um, if you look at last no. year, um, the the country that came 20th, which was Armenia, had a song called Snap. And it was used um, as uh, background music. Uh, you could choose it you, you know, if you're uploading a, a dance video to TikTok. And uh, it became a viral hit. And we're talking well over 60 million streams in one year. Uh, I mean, that's extraordinary. Uh, beating all the other Eurovision contenders that year. Um, so th- there will be songs that will, you know, obviously uh, Tattoo is going to do really, really well, um, but uh, there are other songs that will have a, a, a great life afterwards. So um, it's a really important, I think, you know, with social media coming on board, particularly TikTok coming on board, um, they have, that, that app has driven interest in the contest uh, and driven the music developed through the contest out to much wider markets um and uh, and that's why the music industry and the record labels and they're all sitting up watching this and mm-hmm. of course their primary concern is making money of course, um yeah. and so there's a winning formula there Absolutely. um so um watch out for uh, some of these songs going viral on tiktok i will definitely be doing that for sure brian singleton mm-hmm. thank you so much for chatting to us it's an absolute pleasure. Thank you. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss.